From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Friday, October 11th, 2019. We welcome in senior NBA analyst Kyle DeManincourt for part one of our Teeing It Up NBA preview. How are you? I'm doing well, Jeremy. How are you? I'm good. So every NBA season has its drama, has its moments, especially the offseason that make you think, Oh my God, is this really happening here? So it's only apropos that a diehard NBA fan like you had a wild gender reveal party. What the heck happened? Tell us. Yeah, it was, it was like trying to figure out where Kawhi was going. You know? <laughs> uh, it, was, it, it was definitely pretty wild. I mean, we, you know, we had a great setup and everything. We had the, the cannons ordered with a blow out the powder. We had cookies made with the gender, um, color of the gender inside the cookies, so we knew. You know, we blew off the cannon in anticipation with our family day, and it, and it blew out blue. So, of course, we, you know, we were ecstatic. And then uh, my wife, you know, she went inside to, to have a cookie, and she opened up the cookie, and, of course, the inside was pink. Oh, no. It, it, it was an emotional roller coaster of a day. Um, it turns out we are having a girl, which is also very exciting. So we, we found out after the fact that both of the cannons that were sent to us were actually blue. So either way, they kind of fudged it up on their end a little bit so <laughs> we just say we got a refund on that but it, you know what it, it's a story we could tell 15 20 years from now and look back and just laugh i mean at the end of the day you know we're, we're happy we're excited and that's really all that matters how did this get messed up who was put in charge of getting the obgyn information and and who can we publicly blame on worldwide uh worldwide podcast radio here so, I mean, the cannon. So the person we put in charge did everything right. Um, it wasn't her fault. It was just the cannons were both, that were sent to us that we purchased were both blue. Oh, wow. So the person actually gave the right information to the cannon company, but the cannon company sent the wrong thing. Exactly. Yep, they sent the wrong thing, and we didn't realize. And even on the cannons at the bottom, it, it said blue on both. And obviously, we know we didn't check that out. But So regardless of which cannon we, we had, they were both kind of blow out blue. That is bizarre. Ultimately, that the cookie was the right was the right form. Um, so we, you know, it's just funny seeing you know, two blue cannons. <laughs> um, I have a feeling you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of blue color blue color girl baby gear and gifts I mean, I, as I, as as like a lifelong inside joke kind of deal. You know, it's possible. I mean, I know, I can tell you, she's going to be wearing Blue Jay stuff. So, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right. As we sit here today, is there anything that's happened in the preseason on the court that has um, perked up your in, you, your, your interest? Because we obviously talked to you in the off season, So, this isn't to rehash, you know, what's gone on in the NBA offseason. This is now right here, right now. Is there anything that has interested you from this preseason so far? You know, not yet. Um, it's obviously naturally been pretty slow. I mean, I, I do notice that more of the starters and more players in general are just resting, uh, which is great. I, I think more teams are going to start taking that cautious old management type approach that we saw last year a lot with, you know, some of the stars like Kawhi and LeBron. And, uh, you know, it's going to be the trend across the league, and I, I totally understand it, especially during preseason. And, uh, you know, other than that, I mean, I, Kawhi played in his first game last night. Obviously, a little rough, but you know, nothing really to worry about with Kawhi. It's just, it's just going to be able to maintain his reps, rest him when needed. And Paul George, I think, more in a different sense, not so much 
an elevated story, but just the fact that it will be out, at least they're anticipating at least probably could be a good portion of November um, with the shoulder. You know, you want to make sure he comes back fully healthy and fully to be himself on the court. So from a Clippers standpoint, obviously this, this regular season, we're not going to be able to really judge them on this regular season because of how much rest you know they're going to give their star players. Uh, so really for them, it's all about the postseason. So I think just the early on resting, you know, even with you know Joel Embiid and the Sixers of obviously being cautious with him and they're kind of still on the fence that he's going to play in back to back. His goal coming in was seventy plus games, so I know they're going to do everything possible to try to give him the rest when when they can. Uh, but for the most part, it's pretty status quo, and that is probably for me just been the biggest storyline so far. Uh, one player who has not taken the um, the um preseason lately is Steph Curry who dropped 40 last night in 25 minutes that's absurd first of all second of all that's a guy who needs to be load managed somehow either you've got to tell him Steph you're going to play and and he, and he said this perfectly in the preseason press conference he goes uh, Steve Kerr has told me and just verified two minutes ago that I'm going to be playing 81 games in 48 minutes every game um, which I think was just perfect Steph Curry humor. But yep. either you play him full throttle every game and he's got to drop 35 to 40 consistently, in theory, or you take 2019 off. It seems to be one of the two. If he can be that efficient, 14 and 19 shooting, 6 of 9 uh, from 3, 6 of 6 from the free throw line... If that's the way this turns out, uh, that's the best case scenario, I think, for the Warriors. The problem is he did this in the preseason, not the regular season. Right, and, and honestly, I mean, we all know how efficient Steph can be, um, regardless of how many minutes he's getting. He's just that type of superstar player, uh, transcendent player. But I think what you're going to see early on is, you know, they're going to go full throttle. Uh, they're going to want to try to jump, jump out to a good lead. Uh, not a good lead, but just at least a good pace develop some good chemistry with D'Angelo Russell, kind of try to figure each other out without Clay in the early going. And then I could see them kind of using up on Curry maybe, you know, as you approach the All-Star break, maybe give him a game or so off. I mean, you got to remember players now, they have, you know, lengthier All-Star, you know, week off, unless, you know, for those that are playing, you know, week in the game. But, and then obviously, you know, they're going to see where they're at when Clay gets back, you know, February, March time frame. And, and if they're still in it, you know, aiming for a playoff spot, he's going to be full gear. But, I mean, if they're maybe out of it, they may pump the brakes a bit and kind of maybe throw in that towel for this season. But it's the Warriors. They don't have that in their DNA, especially in a new stadium this year. I mean, they, they're going to have to win. Uh, they're going to have to play well. And, you know, my only concern, obviously, with Steph is his history of injuries. I just, I really hope they are smart and cautious with him and, and Steve Kerr smart and so is management. Although, it's questionable with the whole Durant thing. But, uh, I think in the beginning, like I said, you're going to see full-on Steph Curry mode. Um, we're talking to Kyle DeMattencore, NBA uh, preview part one and teeing it up. All right, the preseason is all about overanalyzing, right, Kyle? It's about reading too much into one situation, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> so the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the New Zealand Breakers right uh, last night, 110-84. to What's your thoughts on what this means for the Thunder in the regular season? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Stephen Adams is the next coming of Reggie Miller, right? I mean, he's shooting three pointers in games now. What's what's going on in this world? But no, I mean, let's be honest. It's just a good way to just tune up 
kind of put a little bit back into shape. I mean, let's be real. You know a lot of these guys do train hard probably during the offseason, but a lot of them are probably taking it easy, resting their bodies a little bit more, trying to get ready for this upcoming season. So preseason is just a good way for guys on new teams, kind of get acclimated, kind of for coaches to figure out rotations, you know, what their pace is going to be, what their strengths, weaknesses are. So, I mean, it's all good fun, you know, for the NBA for the most part. Um so uh, most teams right now are just trying to figure things out as they get ready for the regular season. All right. You look at a lot of social media. You look at a lot of of House of Highlights type preseason stuff because I don't think you can actually sit through a preseason game except for your own team, which we'll get to in a second. Ben Simmons shooting three-pointers. Um, ben Simmons knew that he had to work on his shot in the offseason. Do you read anything into one three-pointer in, in the preseason? And, and what have you seen from Ben Simmons that that may have said something to you, if anything? No, I don't read into it, honestly. I mean, it, again, it was, it was the fun. You could see the crowd was, was egging him on, and his teammates were egging him on. And that was a good-looking shot, but I, I really don't think what, you know, once the lights come on and the season starts, I think most guys are pretty aware of what, you know, they've worked on over the summer that they're going to try to bring into the season. I, I just don't see Simmons as this, you know, legitimate threat behind the three-point line. Now, he may make one here and there, but it's just not his game. And I just, I don't know if I ever really see it being his game. And I could be wrong, but, you know, they obviously need him to be the facilitator to, to shred the defense. And, you know, for him, you just, you just hope he can improve his outside shooting a little bit um, and at the free-throw line as well. But for the most part, I mean, if he gave him a couple threes every now and then, great. But I just don't see that being a point of emphasis for him, you know, throughout the year. All right. Uh, your Bulls, what do you want to see out of them this year? Growth. Uh, I want to see growth, you know, I'm tired of, you know, I mean, mediocrity is what it is right now with them. But, you know, I like the potential prize this year more so than in the past couple. I'm, I'm more excited for this year, I think. The moves they made in the offseason were kind of under the radar. Uh, they weren't big signings. They weren't splashy signings. But they brought in two legit, you know, veteran players, smart players, uh, guys who will fit into the system. And let's face it, they're built around Levine and marketing. And, you know, Levine made a big jump last year, but he still has a way to go, especially defensively. And, and this is a big year for, for marketing. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, he's got to show that he can improve his overall game. It's facilitating. So I'm excited for the Bulls. I think they have a really good core. I do think they're a playoff team in the East. Uh, and if they just buy into Boylan's system, you know, and trust that he's going to adapt to today's NBA, not the slog that it was, the slog that it was 10 years ago, whatever, when he was at the Spurs and all that. But I, I, I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic for the Bulls this year. All right. So here's what I want to do. Um, the Bucks are not going to have Eric Bledsoe to start the season. Um, after a small rib fracture. So uh, they were the number one seed. The Raptors lose Kawhi Leonard. Philly is three. Boston is four. Pacers, five. Brooklyn, six. Magic, seven. Detroit, eight. That's how the East was, was laid out last year when the playoffs began. What is your Eastern Conference kind of... Let's do one through five to start here. How, how do you see this coming out? I, I like Philly first. I really do. Uh, I think, yes, they lost some bench depth, but I think bringing in Horford, who was one of the main guys that gave him these problems, now he's on his team, it kind of gives him a little bit more flexibility to maybe rest in in certain situations, not have to rely on him so much. 
really tap into a freak that he is on the court. Uh, so I, I just love Philly's starting five. They're long. Uh, they can defend multiple positions. They're going to be tough to score on, no doubt. And it's just a matter of who's the closer at the end of the game, uh, where they're going to find a lot of their outside shooting from. But uh, right now, I, I like Philly as going to be in the East. Um, Milwaukee is a close second. No doubt about it. I, you know, I can't disrespect that system and what they did last year. And obviously, if Giannis has started to figure out somewhat of a three-point shot, I mean, he's already scared. I can't imagine what a three-point shot would do. But losing Bledsoe for a little bit will hurt. Uh, maybe not. Maybe a little more overstated than people might think. But uh, they, they lost some guys, obviously, from last year's team. You know, losing Brogdon was a was a tough loss. But you know, they got resend Rodden Lopez. They added Wes Matthews, another under the radar, tough-minded player. Uh, brought in. Uh, Sorry, sorry, recent Brook Love is brought in brother Robin to bring off the bench. So they've got a little bit more depth there. Three seed, um, you know, Toronto's still in there for me. I, I really, I know people are writing Toronto off. Obviously, you lose Kawhi. It's a massive, massive loss. And there's always that championship high. But I, I still like their team. I think, again, they had a few small under the radar moves. Brandon Hollis Jefferson from the Nets. Um, they, you know, OG Anubi is going to be back. You know, he was injured all last year. So I, I like uh, Stanley Johnson, I think they brought in from the Pistons. Not a great player, but again, kind of a reclamation project, low risk. And you still have Siakam, who, you know, ready for an even bigger jump this year. You know, Lowry's still there, Van Vliet, Marcus Ibaka. So they're still a very good team. They're a system in place, they're low coach, they have good chemistry. So I wouldn't write Toronto off. Four, probably Boston. Um, I need to see it first, though. I really need to see I do think Kemba in that system is an upgrade over Kyrie. Not to say that Kemba's a better player. Uh, that's debatable. But I think in that system, Kemba is a great fit. And it's really all going to depend on the leap that Tatum and Brown make. So I, I would put Boston around the four and see how Hayward kind of fits back to that mix. Then, Let me stop really, you right there for a second, Kyle, because I have a, a specific question related to Boston. Um, how much... Do you think the the boosting of Boston with Kemba instead of Kyrie is just personality? It is clear from what Kyrie said, it is clear from reporting that that was not the best locker room environment um, for that in, in recent Celtic seasons. And yes, Hayward was coming back from an injury and you've got to bring him back in and, and, and you know, get everything and all the ball handling and all the shots worked out between everybody. And you can argue that Tatum and Brown may have taken a, a step back. But it is clear that Kyrie's energy around the team did not help matters. How much do you think it is upgrades of players? And how much do you think it is just getting a negative person out of that locker room? I mean, I really do believe, like you said, I think it's a personality fit. I think Kemba is so quiet. Um, he kind of just goes about his business. I know... You know, former teammates have raved about him as being such a great teammate. That that really does matter, especially in a city like Boston. I mean, they, those fans will will sense it. If you know, if you're not happy there, if you, if you're a little, I guess, angry with the rest of your team, and it's just showing a little bit on the court, they sense that. And I think Kemba can handle that. Um, he likes the bright lights. I remember him back in college at MSG. Kemba loved it. He thrived on it, and I think. You know, he's kind of the NBA's hidden gem in a way because he was in Charlotte for so many years. But we know he's good, but now I think everybody's going to truly see just how good he is. So I think it just really it's a personality, it's a chemistry fit. I think it's really, he's really going to be a good mentor to these younger guys. 
you know, bring Hayward back in the fold too. Losing Horford is a is a really big loss. I mean, a very big loss, which is why I don't rank them higher. But from an overall fit, personality wise, you know, chemistry wise, he's a hundred percent an upgrade over Kyrie Irving. All right. Uh, next is the uh, your last uh, team uh, here at number five before we move to the West. I have the Pacers, and the Pacers, in, for me, are the team with the green arrow going up. I think they have the most upside, depending on the health of Oladipo. I know he's not going to be back right away, but he's such a wild card, such an X factor that if he comes back and you know is somewhat like the old Oladipo, I mean, they're a scary team. You know, adding Brogdon in the offseason not only helps them, but it weakens Milwaukee. So that's that's a great move right there. You know, I like I like Turner and Sabonis in the front court if they can figure out how to play them together or stagger them, whatever they're going to do. You know, they brought in Jeremy Lamb, another quiet, under-the-radar player who, of course, was buried in Charlotte. Uh, they brought in T.J. Warren via trade, and I like Warren. I think if he can expand his game a little bit, he's a good three-point shooter, but he's that type of 3-and-D guy. They need him to expand. So I really like Indiana. I think they're a team that you, they could jump a couple spots potentially throughout the season. Um, all right. And finally, one last thing on, on the East, which is the Nets, with Kyrie, with a core group, minus D'Lo, minus Hollis Jefferson, um, that is really strong uh, in terms of chemistry, but yet doesn't have Kevin Durant. What do you see out of them for 1920? Well, they're definitely a playoff team, no doubt about it. Like you said, that core is still in place, but Kyrie's already injured. I mean, he, he has this this injury history that, you know, about him. And they can obviously, they can survive for a while without him, but if you start getting into the playoff time, I mean, they, they clearly need him. And I'm, I'm not a huge DeAndre Jordan guy unless he's playing and reviving his career. I think, you know, stats, again, don't tell the whole story. I, I don't think he's as good of a defender as people might think. He doesn't move well anymore. He, you know, a lot of times he takes more plays off. But I, I like the young core. Um, I love Atkinson. I think he's a really good coach. So it's really just going to be about how Kyrie, if he really is true to his word and that he wants to be this new leader, we've got to see it. I mean, I, like, it's a prove-it thing to me. I, I mean, on paper, you guys look good, but I need to see it. All right. Western Conference last year was Golden State, Denver, Portland, Houston, Utah, Oklahoma City, Spurs, Clippers. Give me your one through five. Yeah, this this is a conference, as usual, that's, that's the tricky one. I mean, I, And wide open. It's very wide. I mean, you could have fluid fluidity from one through seven, one through eight, literally one through eight. I mean, it's, it's going to change on a daily basis, especially if you get towards that playoff time. But for right now, if I had to choose like a preseason rank, um, honestly, I'm going to put Denver at one. I think because of the continuity that they already have in place, uh, that chemistry that they have, the fact that they were there last year, they're hungry again, they're young, uh, something to prove. And we kind of think it's a fluke year last year. I think Denver wants that one seed. I think they want to shut up a lot of people. So of all the groups, they have kind of the most to gain from it. So I'm going to put Denver at one. Um, number two, oof. I want to say I want to put the Clippers, not the Clippers, the Jazz at number two. And I'll give you reasons for all this, obviously. So the Jazz, again, I like their offseason moves. You know, bringing in Conley is a huge addition. Leadership-wise on the court, terrific all-around underrated player. Uh, I, again, the Jazz other team, something to prove. They had a really good year last year. They're always known for their tough-mindedness, I think. Young team, they brought in Bogdanovich from the Pacers, a great shooter. Jazz, I think, are going to make that leap. They'll be the number two for the standings. Three, uh, I'm putting the Lakers. And the reason I put the Lakers there is I think 
again, Braun is Braun. I know he has something to prove this year. Um, and Anthony Davis is just a superstar. He's, you could argue he's the best player in the league. So I put the Lakers at three, and that's assuming good health. I mean, there's going to be load management days in there. But, again, Lakers are that team that they have to get off to a good start. They know that. Otherwise, Chatter's going to start up, Vogel, Hot Seat, Jason Kidd, all that stuff. So knowing the Lakers, I think finishing strong in the regular season is, a, is an important thing for them. Uh, four, I'm putting the Clippers. And I have the Clippers at four for regular season just based off load management. It's not even chemistry and stuff. I feel like George and Leonard fit with the glove in that system with those guys. It's more just we don't know when Paul George is coming back, how long it'll take him to kind of get into it. Kawhi Leonard, we know, is not going to play every single game. He'll probably fit every other game knowing his routine and his management. So that's the only reason I put the Clippers at four. Five, ooh, I'm going to put Houston at five. Um, I'm not a huge Houston fan. I never have been. I'm not a Russell Westbrook fan. I've been on record as saying I'm not a big Russell Westbrook fan. I think he's a stat stuffer in today's game in which stats are very easy to accumulate. I don't think he makes anybody else better, but at the same time, you know, Houston's got that core in place from last year. They can score the basketball. I mean, it's simple as that. They know how to score, and let's face it, in today's game, that's pretty much what you got to do. So I'm going to give Houston that respect and at least put him at five. All right, so two more questions for you. Uh, the first is a personal one. The last is a uh, non-personal one. Um, the next question is, you're going to have this baby. Obviously, we talked about the gender reveal. What is your plan? Because you're somebody who needs basketball in your life. Um, are you hiring baby watchers so that you can get your regular viewing in? Are you putting a TV in every room around your house? Are you adding DVRs to every television that can automatically record every game on League Pass every night? What is your plan? Because this is a multi-million dollar initiative you need to do to be able to watch this stuff. Yeah, uh, and I'm a planner, so this is definitely will be a great challenge, but a, a good one. Um, uh, you know, obviously, hey, if the baby sleeps pretty well at night, then there you go. Pretty easy for me to watch games, but... You know, I may have to take a step back, obviously. Um, but, I mean, that doesn't mean I can't read stuff throughout the day and catch up online. I, it just may not be as much, you know, watching live as I may have hoped. In theory, this is just my thought. In theory, doesn't this give you an advantage in that if the Western Conference is the better conference, you'll get to see more West Coast games because of a misbehaving baby? I mean, that's completely valid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Western games are on late, right? And those are usually the better quality game. It's, it's, it's the stronger conference right now, although the East has gotten better. But, yeah. Right. And we'll get way better next year when, when uh, Kevin Durant gets healthy. Um, okay. Your Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals matchup, and uh, NBA Champion of the World. So, Eastern Conference Finals, I have Philly. Uh, versus, I don't know if it's a safe pick. I'm going to go against Milwaukee. Um, and I have Philly advancing. I think, uh, again, I, I just love that front line. And, and I'm assuming good health. Um, it could go either way. But uh, I just I just love the talent that Philly can bring. And I, I have to think that this is the year they're going to make that leap. So that's my East. Uh, Western Conference is tricky. Um, I have the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. I'm trying to think based off my feelings, but um, 
No, man. You know, part of me wants to say Lakers, but another part of me just doesn't because I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go Clippers and, and Nuggets um, in, the, in the Western Conference Finals. And then I'm going to have the Clippers advancing, and I have the Clippers winning it all uh, over Philly this year for another Kawhi Leonard championship. Look at that. Back-to-back championships with different teams, if that works uh, out. Yeah, I just love that team. I love the system. I mean, great management, you know, great coach, and I think they're willing to do whatever they need to to win this year. I think I think that has been clear from the start. Well, that's a big statement coming from you. Yeah, I'd love to say it would be like Clippers Bulls, you know, some kind of upset, but <laughs> we're still years away from anything like that. <laughs> would you? All right, what do you? Would you like to win the lottery and be able to know that your baby's college is already paid for or have a Bulls championship? Well, I'll do the political answer. I would love to have college paid for. <laughs> there, there, considering that your wife listens to your appearances on this podcast, exactly. uh, that, that, that is the correct answer. I mean, can I have college paid for and then maybe a Blue Jays World Series I, or a Dolphins Super Bowl? How about that? Now you're talking to Alicia through the podcast? Yeah. When she's probably like two rooms over from you? Yeah. It's all about social media now, right? Yes, it's all about social media. Uh, Kyle um, DeManincourt, this is always a pleasure, and you're really good fun in letting us play silly games with you. Um, So thank you for coming on Teeing It Up, and uh, all the best to you the family, the upcoming baby. Um, it's going to be great. You're going to be great. And uh, all of us teeing it up, brethren and fans are, are excited for you. And and we're looking forward to your punch-drunk, lack-of-sleep NBA updates come this winter. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm sure you'll be getting one, two a.m. updates. Retweets, <laughs> tweets, you know, you know the works. <laughs> Comes on this show and thinks that the Knicks are in first place. <laughs> Hey, hey, I did not make you analyze the Knicks. There is that. Oh, and I'm, I'm very grateful. That, that's more like an hour-long segment. Yes, yes, that is an hour-long segment. Hey, we're doing that show next week, so... Hey, sign me up. Not with you, with somebody else. <laughs> I'll tune in. Yes, who cares more about it, and, and you'll happily be sipping your wine. Uh, I, I have no idea if you drink wine. You'll be sipping on a beverage. <laughs> Oh, we're, we're laughing too much in this podcast. Kyle the Man in Court, thank you for coming on Teeing It Up. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you soon.